0: simple but important truth as we uh, start into this revival week, and uh, looking forward to the next several services that we have together. Ephesians chapter 4, and in just a minute we're going to read two verses, verses 11 and 12. Uh, before we do that, let me just uh, explain something that I'm going to guess you guys already know, but just to make sure that we're on the same page. I mean, this, just knowing your pastor and and having had some conversation, that, that this would already be on your mind. But let me just state it, and then we'll look at the passage. When, when you're reading the Bible, there's basically two different types of passages. There are narratives, storylines, like think Old Testament um, and Sunday school, the gents and I looked at the life of Rehoboam, and it's kind of given as a history. It reads as a story. So there's narratives, and then there are informational passages. And the informational passages think more like the um, New Testament, uh, where Paul writes letters to different people or churches, and he's just giving truths, so it's informational. When you're reading, whether it be a narrative or an informational passage, the important thing, the important thing to get is the context of what is being said. That is, what is said can only be understood if you understand why, why it's said. You can take basically any verse and make it say just about anything if you're willing to twist what God originally intended. We're coming into the time of midterms, which means Um, All of the spots on TV for commercials have been taken over by um, politicians, and it's almost, if it weren't so sad, it would be humorous, how every politician, doesn't matter on which side of the aisle they're on, every politician will take the words of of the opposing politician, and they will quote it as if to say, this is what this person said, therefore you shouldn't vote for them, and probably, well, I'm just, taking a shot in the dark. 60 or 70% of the time, what they do is twist the meaning of what the politician has said. They either twist the meaning or the motive or something. And sometimes people do that with the Bible, maybe not purposefully, but sometimes in order to try and say something that they think, that person thinks is good from the Bible, they will take what God has said and then use it in an inappropriate way. In other words, the, the reason why God's word has power is because God is the one who said it. The reason why it's true is because God said it. But that it's not a magic book where I can take any of the words and treat it as a, as a magic potion um, and just throw out these words and something good is going to happen. It's what God says and what He intends with what He says that makes a difference. So context... Is what we call it. Context is important. Uh, if I said to you, "Hey, um, you guys need to know this," I saw I saw Pastor smack his wife. Would that bother you? I saw Pastor smack his wife. Well, I hope it bothers you. Um, but if I said to you, "I saw Pastor smack his wife." then that gives a little bit of a different meaning. You say, well, I'll be bothered by both in public. That may be be true, but the same words, different context, means a lot different, right? It has a a different outcome. So when we read the Bible, you got to understand it in context. In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a group of believers, and he is writing about something specific, I want you to see it, specifically when you get to chapter 4, we're going to read in just a minute verses 10 and 11, that's kind of where, that's what we're keying in on, but I want you to see the reason why verses 10 and 11, are they, well, let me read verses 10 and 11 and then we'll go backwards from there. Verse 10 says, um, he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things, speaking of the Lord Jesus, and verse 11, 11 and 12 is what I meant. 11 says, and he, Christ, Jesus, gave some, he gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay, now verse 11 um, talks about the gifts that were given by the Lord Jesus Christ that He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Okay, so you have basically four gifts that are given by the Lord Jesus Christ. The apostles, which um, directly today, there aren't living apostles. Now, the word apostle means uh, a sent one, so... I mean, technically, there are people that are still sent on missions from God, but the apostles spoken of in the Scriptures are those who were alive when Christ was alive. They had Jesus Christ speak and teach them. The apostle Paul, who we don't know whether or not he actually saw with his physical eyes ever the Lord Jesus when Christ was on earth, but Paul was taught by Christ after his salvation. The Lord Jesus had something very special for Paul to do. So apostles, um, let, me, let me ask you, do, do apostles help us today? Oh, well, they're not alive, can they? Well, they do in the sense that we have the writings. So, and then the prophets, those would be forth tellers, people who tell the future. Lots of people claim to be able to, um, but we have the completed scripture, I, for what it's worth, will come a day when people will prophesy again. Um, but, but at this point, for prophecy's sake, scripturally, we have the completed scripture. That's what we look to. But prophets still help us because we can read and discern the times from what the Bible has to say. Okay, so you have apostles and prophets who are no longer alive. And the Bible talks about evangelists and pastors and teachers. I think the pastor and teacher is the same person, but some people say that it's, that it's not. No need to argue. Um, these, these are the gifts. The evangelist is what God has called me to be. And the reason why I'm taking the time in this afternoon service to talk about this is because I want you to understand the reason why um, we are here and what, what this week is about and how it will be successful according to what God has said. Now, we've looked at these Gifts. Why? Why did Christ give these gifts to the church? Well, verse number 12 says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Um, However, in order to understand why verse 12 matters, you have to understand the greater context. So look at chapter 4 and verse number 1, and I'm going to read, I'm going to give some dramatic pauses, and I want you to fill in some blanks. All right? Verse 1 says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you believers, that you walk worthy of the location wherewith you are called. That's important to do. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Here we go. Verse three. Endeavoring to keep the, next word, unity unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is body and spirit, even as you are called in hope of your calling. Next word, Lord, faith, Baptism, God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all, but unto every of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Okay, stop just for a second. If you were just to take the repeated words from what we have just read, what would you think would be the main idea, the central theme of what the apostle is talking about when he's addressing this group of believers? Yeah. Be, it, may, it may even be, I think in my Bible, it's actually above chapter 4. It is. Do you guys have titles above your chapters? Yes. What does is, what is yours say? Okay, so talking about unity. Mine says the unity of the Spirit. So the obvious import, the obvious point of what the apostle is dealing with is talking about the church being unified. Now, real quickly just for sake of clarification unity is not the ultimate that is sometimes at least in our nation's history there's been an argument about peace at any price is peace even peace if you're willing to pay anything to get get it well no no you don't you don't trade You don't trade peace for freedom. That's not not what you do. There is a way to get good peace, but it involves freedom, and sometimes that involves fighting in in order to have that. Okay, same thing or similarly with unity. Unity is important. It's spoken of here in such a way so that you know it's important, but it's not a matter of, hey, 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 make sure that you throw off anything that could stop you from being unified. That's not what the Apostle Paul or God intends. In fact, what he talks about here when he talks about unity is this. You need to be unified, and it's unified around what? One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who's above all, through all, and in you all. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. But the point is, this unity is centered not around what we are willing to put out of our lives, but rather what central belief draws us together. So it's important to understand that. Now, why does that matter with verses 11 and 12? Because... This unity within the body, around one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, is the reason why the Lord Jesus Christ gave certain gifts to the church in order to help the church with this matter of unity. And the way that the church is going to be helped with unity is when these gifts accomplish the reason for which they were given to the church. And the reason why these gifts were given to the church is explained in verse number 12. So here's the picture. I'm going to back up and take a running start at it. Then we'll look at practically why it matters and our our time is done for the afternoon, all right? Christ desires His church to go forward to do well to be, if you'll forgive the term, successful, to accomplish what he intended his body to accomplish. But he knows the only way that this can happen is if they are unified, and specifically if they're unified about, around that belief which is important, namely, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. And all these gifts that are given to different people all have to center around this truth, We've got to get unified around that. So, the Lord Jesus, looking at His church, says, okay, if this is going to happen, the way it's going to happen is this. Here's my chosen plan. I'm going to, in order to help with this matter of unity, I'm going to send gifts. At the beginning in Acts, it was apostles. In the Scriptures and during the time of these believers, there were prophets. With the completed Scripture, now we have those settled. It's set. But he says, let me go ahead and send some evangelists. And let me give some pastors and teachers so that this church can be unified. And the way that's going to happen is when the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers will accomplish verse number 12. Now, you might be sitting here thinking to yourself, if if your brain is still engaged, you might be thinking to yourself, why does this matter for us? Why does it matter at all? Okay, here's the reason. Because when you know the purpose for which you're doing something, then it allows you to come into that something with the, um, with, the right, with the proper attitude that allows you to gain, to glean what you need to glean. Did, um, um, gents or ladies, did any of you ever play organized sports when you were growing up? Uh, basketball, softball, volleyball, anything like that? Okay, all right. So you come, in, you come into um, practice and um, if the attitude of the team was, hey, we're just doing this to have fun, then that adjusts how you approach practice, right? But if it is, I wanna win, then your attentiveness and practice changes. Now, a lot of that depends on the coach, right? The person who's addressing, who's instructing, who is, you ready, unifying the team around the fundamentals of what they need to know so that they can be successful, and it's the coach's job to portray that. But if the team comes in with a, hey, this is just, this is the school that we always have a team and every guy plays on the team or every girl plays on the team. And so um, this is just a team. We're just here to have a lot of fun. That's what, that's, that's what we're here to do. Well, that means you come, you come to practice. But if the intention is to be victorious, to win, to be better, to improve, then you come to practice like, hey, stop talking, dude. Hey, coach is talking. Listen to him. The attentiveness changes. So so that knowing the reason why you're doing what you're doing makes a difference, why you're gathering together. Okay, then why, why are we gathering together this week? Seriously, why have an evangelist? You have a pastor. Why have an evangelist? Why take up... Um, at least two extra, three extra days of people's time and gather together Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, why, why, why go through all of the difficulty taking up spots in the parking lot, using your electricity, the, the, the lights on, the coming together, the, all the extra effort, the, the shortened suppers, and the hurrying home and the getting to church, and why go through all of that? Well, if honestly, if it's just a matter of, well, this is just what we do, then it affects how you come and listen, right? But if there's a greater reason that needs to be right there in the forefront of our minds that'll adjust the way that we come in. Like, if we understand the reason why this was Christ's design, like our Lord, if we get the reason why He set this up, well, that changes things a little bit. So what was His reason? Well, He gave these gifts. Why? Verse number 12 tells us, let me get to the right passage, verse number 12 says that these gifts were given to the church in this matter of unity to help with unity for the perfecting of the saints, number one. Number two, for the work of the ministry. Number three, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay, real quickly. Um, any Bible scholars here? Help me with the word perfecting. When the Bible here talks about perfecting, what, what's it saying? You can say it out loud. I, I mean, I don't know what you normally do, but it helps me to know if it's connecting. So perfecting of the saints. What would perfecting be? Any ideas? Bring it to yeah, bringing to maturity is certainly part of it. Yeah. Anything else? Mm -hmm. So this word specifically involves the completion, the maturity, but it also involves actually equipping. Like it's um, fitting out, completing that kind of completing, that kind of maturity, like, like uh, skills that are brought to a level of maturity. So here, the Bible says that the pastor and teacher and the evangelist and the apostles and prophets were given to the church. All of this is in Christ's plan for the unification. And the way that this works out practically is these gifts were given to the church. Why? Well, number one, for the maturity, for the equipping of the saints. Okay, let me just stop. Let me just stop and say this. This is, this is one of those, um, this is one of those, God has given myself, your pastor, God has given us this responsibility to help mature, to help equip and bring along those to whom we're privileged to preach. And it's not like. That we ourselves in our personhood are gifts to the church. It's not like ha, 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 God looked around for the best looking. It wasn't. It wasn't that at all. This was a matter. <laughs> I had all kinds of things I could have just said, and I didn't say it. I'm so proud of myself. Um, this was. <laughs> this. This is a matter of a responsibility. This. This is a. Hey, God. For whatever reason, said Tim, this is what I want you to do. I'm I'm calling you. I want you to be an evangelist. This means you're going you're going to churches, and when you go to churches, you're going to help with this perfecting. S- so that that's going to involve, on occasion, co- confrontation. Don't. My, my challenge to you is: if you know that, but you're thinking. This is more important than just about me. Do you mind if I bring it back to a coach again? Here's a coach, and he addresses a, a ball player who's not shooting right or running right or whatever. Could the guy get his hurt, his feelings hurt, because he's being told he's not doing things exactly right? Well, yeah, but um, forgive my um, teenager slang for a moment, dude. Grow up. If you're gonna, if you're gonna get better. Then sometimes somebody's going to have to tell you you're not doing things right. Okay? So in the church, God gives these people to help perfect, to bring them to maturity, to equip, to put in your belt what it is that you need. And then, secondly, it says, for the work of the ministry. Okay, so help me. What is the work of the ministry? Give me some specific examples. When you think of work of the ministry, what comes to your mind? Sharing the gospel? What else? Preaching? Yep, sure. For, yes, sure. So growing up in faith, that is learning learning things. How about uh, things like, just I mean, make it super practical, teaching Sunday school classes. Um, we're to um, be aware of the poor and needy, right? That's part of the church body, the people. That's part of our responsibility to care for those needs. Um, singing and praise to our God. All of these would be work of the ministry. You get to the real practical side, and somebody's got to give in order to keep the lights, lights on. Even LEDs have to be paid for, right? So there, there are a lot of different work of the ministry. And then the, the last reason for which these gifts are given to help with unity is for the edifying of the body of Christ. Um, edify. Give, give me the synonym. Edify means... Yeah, to build up. So the edification of the body of Christ. The body, that's us. The body of Christ building up both in faith and strength, but also this would be adding to, like numerically, like people coming. So it's all interconnected. Okay, now real quickly, there's two different ways that you can look at this, um, that you can interpret the way this is intended, intended for us to receive. Number one is that these gifts, Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher were given to the church. We're talking about unifying around the truth. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. So Christ gave these gifts and these gifts are supposed to, number one, equip the saints. Number two, these gifts are supposed to do the work of ministry. Number three, these gifts, these people called by God are supposed to edify the church. Thunder. Thunder there was like a 2% chance. <laughs> wow. Welcome to Kentucky, people. All right. So then there, the question is, is that God's intent or, um, as I think the Bible actually, I think God intends here, and here, here's, here's the point, is that Christ, in seeking to set up his church for success, says, here's my plan. I want you to be unified. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. You need, this has got to be in your heart, in your soul, in your understanding, in your life. So in order to help with this, Christ says, I'm gonna send some. I'm gonna send some apostles and prophets, some evangelists, pastors and teachers. Why? To equip the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry. And what happens when the saints do the work of the ministry? Well, the body gets edified. It gets built up. So what this means practically for this group right now is this. When this week you come... Come with the understanding of the reason why Christ established this whole situation in the first place. We're coming as if to say, Lord, would you please equip me so that I can do the work of the ministry? Lord, please, this week, give me what I need so that I can be effective being unified on one Lord, one faith, one baptism so, I, so I'm established in that so that I can do the work of the Great Commission and the work of singing and the work of, of teaching and the work of service and all of these things and the loving of those who need it. Lord, would you please equip me to, to better accomplish what it is that you want me to accomplish? And I'm telling you, just that one earnest, honest prayer. And that reason for coming so adjusts what happens at the end of our time together in comparison to... It's what we do. We come to church. I don't even mean like a bad attitude. I just mean this is what we do. We come to church and we like it and we have services, and we like it, and we get together, and we like it. We eat food, and we like it. But coming in for a the reason why Christ intended it adjusts everything. It adjusts the way I listen when I'm at home, when I'm listening to be equipped to do the work of the ministry, when it's, hey, stop, stop talking. You listen to what he's saying? We need this. Christ sent this gift on, on, on purpose. And in my family, we have, um, my, my wife makes what I call death juice every morning, um, just about, except for when we forget to get the stuff for it. Um, we make death juice, which is um, apple cider vinegar, half a squeezed lemon, um, cayenne pepper, ginger, turmeric, cinnamon, and honey, and in mine, I think, I think cyanide. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that it's in there. And she mixes it all together. Have, have any of you ever had apple cider vinegar before? Okay, so when you hear it, does, does your tongue do what mine, what mine does? It's just like... Let me swallow here. Okay, so this is like every morning, almost every morning, Brittany has this concoction, and before I'm allowed to do anything else, this is what I get to drink, is this. I do not... I mean, it's honestly I don't wake up in the morning going, yes. Death juice again today. Man, that's going to this is going to be great. I can't wait. What I think is the only way I get to have my coffee is if I drink this death juice. Come on. Make it through. Make it through. All right. So, if I was waking up in the morning and death juice was the first thing I was going to drink and the whole reason why I was drinking it was for my enjoyment. <laughs> I would come to the counter just like I do. <laughs> okay, but my wife promises me that if I drink this every morning, I will live four days longer than I would have lived otherwise. <laughs> okay. And so those are going to be <laughs> those are going to be four great days. I'm telling you. <laughs> Why couldn't have I stopped five minutes ago? Seriously, Thompson. All right. Uh, the point being, if you know the reason why, it adjusts how. Does that make sense? If you know the reason why, it adjusts how you do what you do. So even in this week, when you come, don't, don't come with, with arms up like certain areas of my life No. Or what if he says something we don't like but come with a I need equipping. I want to do better at what God has called me to do. I need to be unified till we all come to the to the knowledge of the faith, till we all come in this understanding. Verse 13 continues and follows where it's just this is this is the plan. Here's what's intended and the grace of God will be evident and abundant. All right? So um this this is the reason. Or why we do what we do. Let's ask God to help us with it. Father, we love you. Thank you very much for the um, truth of what you have provided in Christ. And Lord Jesus, thank you very much for giving gifts to the church. I know I need it. And though this week I have been given the responsibility of doing, of being a part of the equipping, of sharing what you have said for the equipping how often I need myself to be equipped and I receive help from others. There are pastors and teachers and evangelists and the apostles and prophets, how, how they help. So Lord, I pray you should help us to come in with a full acceptance of the gifts that you have given and realize and uh, allow you to speak. I ask this, Father, on behalf of each of my brothers and sisters who are here this afternoon. Now, Lord, please give us safety. Um, as we head towards our houses and as we get rest and begin the day tomorrow. For those who have things that are going on in such a way so that they won't be able to be here because of, uh, because of the times of services or whatever, Lord, I pray that you would um, provide for them the equipping that they need. If help, Let it be of such value that they would seek out ways I don't know if these are being recorded or what the case may be, but I am convinced that you have something for this church this week to equip them to do the work of the ministry. So help them, Lord, please. Help them as they step forward in faith on this. And we do thank you for the reason that we have to be unified, that we have one Lord and one faith and one baptism, and you are the one God and Father of all. Ah, And in you we move and breathe and have our being. We love you. And we bless your name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.